What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. Happy to have you here today. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side. We are here in the house. They are at the wheel. They're at the helm of the ship, and they are steering us through these crazy, chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you here. It is Wednesday, July 6, 2022, and we are listening with to a uh, His Hard Line, another episode of 1% with Him, which is a Bible devotional, Bible reading that we do. And today we're going to be reading out of the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 1 through 35. So happy to have you all here. And so, um, yeah, I was just kind of out of curiosity before I started this podcast. I was just kind of perusing the uh, some of the headlines, which I rarely do, but I was curious and I was going through the Gateway Pundit and I've been kind of I've been kind of uh, unplugging from not just, you know, the fake news that's out there. But I mean, if I do tune into any type of mainstream news, usually it's Gateway Pundit. I still take things that I read there for a grain of salt. Um, And same thing with podcasters. There's a few of them that I've been listening to. I've even taken a hiatus for a while. Just kind of unplug, right? You kind of got to do that. It's one of the reasons why the stuff that I discuss here, I usually don't, you know, a lot of what other truthers and podcasters discuss, you won't find the same thing here for for many reasons. One, because there's already three and a half dozen other voices out there talking about similar stuff, just different perspectives. But number two, um, with, with the information that I know that I, that I put out, which is, you know, related to the national assembly, which is basically a, uh, a, a way that we get back to a representative Republic via the de jure, which is a lawful government, not the de facto that we've had all these years, decade after decade. And anyway, so, um, I discuss a lot about that, which is basically um, results, how, how we fix the problem, not so much pointing out the problem like a lot of voices do. I'm about, uh, well, how do we fix this? How do we, how do we fix the issues that we've been dealing with for the last several decades? Really for the last 150 years, but really for the last 70 uh, is when things really started ramping up. And so, but, um, so I unplug. And, um, so, but you know, I, those are the things that I discuss. I kind of discuss things that other voices aren't. And, but out of curiosity, went in gateway pundit and I was just kind of scrolling through and I happened to see that the Georgia Guidestone monument down in Elberton, Georgia 
got bombed. That was interesting. I actually saw that several years ago when I was, uh, I used to do marketing and sales. I was working with a, a gym down there that was about 35 minutes south of Elberton. And uh, I saw those uh, monuments, very eerie, very creepy. But I saw that got bombed. So that's very interesting. If you're not familiar with the Georgia Guidestones, basically it's just eight slabs of granite that has um the same thing etched in it um in different languages there's eight different languages but basically there's a set of 10 different rules one of them basically what it is it's just a new world order thing and the big premise behind it is um it was it was erected sometime in the 80s by some guy with a pseudonym of rc christian or christiansen something like that and well basically it's about depopulation and having a human population in the world of 500 million or under. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. So I'm kind of happy to see that got bombed. Um, I've been there. There's no houses that are real, really nearby. So I'm sure other than some loud noises that the local residents probably heard and sh- you know felt in their house, um, they, other than the guidestones being damaged, uh, nothing else should have been damaged. So I'm kind of glad they're destroyed. Honestly, I'm looking at the picture on Gateway Pundit and... Uh, yeah, that's a shame. It's just only one slab and part of the top uh, stone on top, but whatever. So, yeah, that's just interesting. I'm just kind of reading just little things, some of these headlines. Just world's still crazy, I guess, you know. <laughs> the world is still crazy. I guess they're, uh, I, I'm not even, and this is the other reason why I don't even cover a lot of this stuff in the news because, like, you know, obviously this whole thing with Pelosi and, you know, she's got, eh, anyway. It's just really disgusting. And I'm like seeing this headline of funeral home owner pleads guilty to selling human body parts. That's disgusting. Why? And then here's this other headline. The DOE employee alleges gender fluid drag queen into kink and pups did not meet qualifications to be deputy secretary in a nuclear energy department. I mean, what has our world become? I'm serious. What has our world become? This is weird and sick. I don't know. This is one of the reasons why I just, I am unplugging, you know, aside from all the crap that we've been hearing with the, you know, the guy with was Highland park in Chicago. I mean, it's just, the world is messed up. So anyway, anyway, so we are going to get started here. So we're going to be reading Matthew chapter 18 verses one through 35. Um, there's a reason why I don't cover a lot of the same stuff that other podcasters do, because a lot of the crap that's out there is just garbage. I, I just, it's, it really is amazing to me. So, all right, let me pull up my notes where, boy, I'm like losing it here, people. Um, oh, did I just delete it? Hold on. Please wait for the next available representative. Oh my goodness. I think I have it here. Okay. Ooh. All right. Here we go. Chapter 18. So, uh, the first verse here, let's see, we're talking about the greatest in the kingdom. So it reads, at that time, now, now keep in mind, just so I always am clear, I'm reading today out of the New, uh, New American Bible Revised Edition. So sometimes I will bounce back and forth from that version to the NASB 95 edition. And so I'm reading out of N-A-B-R-E. So, um, and it reads... At that time, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child over, placed it in their midst, and said, Amen, I say to you, 
unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause sin. Such things must come, but woe to the one through whom they come. If your hand and foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter into life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet to be thrown into eternal than to be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eyes causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into fiery Gehenna. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels, their angels in heaven always look upon the face of my heavenly Father. What is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. Now, if your brother's brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault before between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen to even the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And now we get into the parable of the unforgiving servant. Then Peter approaching asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? And then Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife and children and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of the servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had him put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and they went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, 
I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have pity on your fellow servant, as I had pity on you? Then in anger his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives his brother from his heart. And that concludes the reading of chapter 18, verses 1 through 35. And wow, man, I tell you, that's, uh, forgive my, 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 my saying so, but that took a lot of cojones for him to be forgiven by his master than only to not forgive somebody who owed much less. I mean, that's just straight, straight selfish. <laughs> it's just straight selfishness. And so, you know, Matthew 18 begins with a question from the disciples to Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And then that's when Jesus surprisingly responded and his response became the foundation for the rest of the chapter. And so Jesus calls a child to him, puts a puts that child in the middle of the group of the disciples as they were talking. And he tells them that unless they turn and become like children, they won't even enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's like, what? And let me tell you what, side note, I must be getting into heaven because my wife says having me as a husband sometimes is like having five children in one because I'm, I can be so childish. <laughs> so I got to be getting in heaven since that, you know, she always says that. <laughs> All right. Enough of the stupid jokes. But, you know, as he was saying, though, the greatest in the kingdom, though, will be the one who humbles himself like this child. And so his point is not that Christians ought to be gullible or naive like children, but rather they need to look to God with trusting faith and um, an acceptance of their own limitations. And so those who support and guide other spiritual children are serving God. And so those who lead believers astray can most definitely expect a very harsh judgment. And so the temptations are pretty much are, 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 are necessary not because they are sent by God, but because they're unavoidable parts of living in a fallen world. And using deliberate exaggeration, Jesus urges his disciples to go to extremes to avoid sin. And so at the same time, he warns against being overly judgmental towards those who fall into sin. And I will admit, sometimes I am right there. Sometimes I am overly judgmental. And I'm not proud to say that either. It's a, it's, it's something I'm still working on. I think we all can be overly judgmental. I mean, whether you think you're judgmental or not, I think it's just human nature that we do. And I'm still working on that myself. But Jesus reminds us that God values everyone highly. And like a shepherd, when a single sheep wanders off, you know, God will leave the rest of the sheep just to bring back the one. And so his will is that none of his own should die. So if God values all of his children and celebrates when one is restored, then Christians ought to have the same attitude, wouldn't you think? And so that raises the question of what fellow believers should do when someone is caught up in sin. So Jesus gives his disciples a process by uh, or for confronting a sinful person. And so first, he states that the one who is wrong should just go to him privately and try to resolve the issue one-on-one. -on -one. And if that's not well-received, then that same person should go back with two or three witnesses and establish that that person is truly guilty of sin, through evidence, of course, I'm sure. And if he still re refuses to repent, even when evidence is stacked against him, then, then he should you know, 
take the case to the church or assembly. And so refusal to repent at that point should lead to that person being removed from the community and treated as an outsider, rightfully so. And, and speaking in the same context, so Jesus expands his earlier words to Peter and to all his disciples, anything they bind or lose on earth, you will be bound or lost, lost in heaven. And so if two of them agree about anything on earth, it will be done to them by God the Father. And anywhere two or three of them are gathered in Jesus' name, he's present. And so Peter then continues this line of conversation by asking about forgiveness. And so he questions how many times should he forgive someone repeatedly, or I should say who repeatedly sins against him, and he suggested seven times, which is more than double what the Judaism of his era would have suggested. But instead, Jesus implies that we ought to be ready to offer unlimited forgiveness, even though he said 77. And so to illustrate this idea, Jesus tells the parable of the king who owed money. A king is owed money by one of his servants, and each talent was roughly as much as a common worker could earn in 20 years. And so that the amount of 10,000 talents is more than anyone could ever hope to really pay back in a thousand lifetimes. So the king ordered the man and his family to be sold into slavery for the debt. And the servant begs the king for patience and promises to pay in time. And the king took pity over the man, and he just flat out forgave the debt. And this is indicative of God's patience with our sin. And his incredible mercy is being willing to forgive. But that same servant, he left that king's presence and immediately finds another servant who owed him money. It's funny how this works. This debt was not only tiny, but equivalent, actually, to only just really perhaps a few months' pay. But it's nothing compared to what the first man was freed from, from his master. And so that servant also couldn't pay and begged for time. And the forgiven servant refuses and had the man thrown in, in, in prison. And so when the king heard this, he was furious, as anyone would imagine, because you know, he had been shown such great mercy and did not show that same mercy toward a fellow servant, someone that was equal to him. And so he has the man thrown into a debtor's prison until all is repaid, which we pretty much already know is a permanent sentence, a life sentence. I mean, you might as well call it a permanent life death sentence because you're just going to be, <laughs> you're going to be in prison for a very long time till you die. So, Jesus warns that his Father in heaven will do the same to those who do not forgive their brothers from the heart. And this means that those who do not demonstrate a forgiving heart likely don't have a forgiving relationship with Christ. No good things we do can earn salvation, but how we live strongly reflects our, relation, our relationship with God. Isn't that the truth? I tell you, that's very, very powerful. 
I can't even imagine how furious that king was when he heard of this news. I would have been ticked off. I mean, it, it goes back to the you know the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses. And I know some versions of this would be forgive us of our debts. As you know, we forgive those who had, you know, basically debts against us, those who trespass against us and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Right. I mean, that's basically the premise around the Lord's prayer. We forgive those who, you know, have debts against us, you know, forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who debt against us, have debts against us. But this servant certainly didn't do that. He had his debts forgiven, but he certainly had no problem upholding uh, the debt to a fellow servant, and that's wrong. And so, rightfully so, he got he got imprisoned. So, very, 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 uh, very interesting story. But I want to also go back to something else real quick, too. So, back to the children, where it says, when one of the disciples asked Jesus, you know, who is, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he, he called over a child and placed it, in their midst. And he said, Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's powerful. You know, because children are so innocent and pure. That's why it says, whoever who, whoever humbles himself... Oh, wait, where did I see it? Hold on. Where did I see it? Yeah, here it is. Whoever causes one of these little ones, being the children who believe in me to sin. So you cause a child to stumble on purpose. It would be better off for him to have a great millstone hung around his neck and sent down to the depths of the sea and drown. I mean, that's a pretty big sin. You know what I mean? One of these little ones, the thought passes from the child to the disciples and the little ones, because of their becoming like children, it is difficult to know whether this is a, you know, like a designation of all who are disciples or of those who are insignificant in contrast to others. Like, you know, the leaders of the community. So it's just, it's a, it's, it's just a very, it's a very profound statement. And this is one of the biggest reasons why I have such a huge issue with the whole abortion thing, right? I mean... You're, you're killing innocence. It's uh, it's destruction of of innocent blood, and so it's yeah. I just very 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 good passage. But anyway, but that's all I have for today. I was thinking about doing a uh, his hard line quick look real quick. Um, but before we do, we are going to get into just do a quick prayer. So Heavenly Father. We pray to you today, say thank you for a, another day of life, another day of good health. And uh, we just thank you so much for all that you do for us. We pray for your guidance. We pray for your, um, we just pray that you always steer us in the right direction in our lives. Um, we pray for those that are struggling out there, uh, both monetarily maybe health-wise or with their job or their home. We know there's a lot of troubles going on right now in a lot of people's lives. People are struggling. And so we just pray that you put your, you know, shed your grace on a lot of the people out there that are that are struggling. Just to help them work through these tough times. 
we know you have our best interest at heart. We know that you are always going to lead us out the other side and you're going to take us to safe harbor. And we know that we should never worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. We should never have anxiety about how we will feed ourselves or clothe ourselves tomorrow. We just need to let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. And we just need to focus at the day at hand, which is today. So with that, we just want to say thank you for giving us a beautiful, wonderful day. And with all this, we pray in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's all I have for you today. I hope you all have a wonderful day, a wonderful night, evening, wherever you're at in the world. And uh, like I said, just, uh, you know, be very, be very cautious on what you listen to out there in the world and the news, because there's just a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of noise and they're trying to get, you know, you got a lot of voices, a lot of noise trying to get in your head and it creates a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. And this is one of the biggest reasons why I have strayed away from listening to a lot of podcasters and truthers, even the ones that I think are really good and truthful, right? I've just completely shut it all off. And quite frankly, you'll laugh at me when I say this. I've been listening to the Symphony Channel on Sirius XM. <laughs> Seriously, I've been bouncing back and forth from the Symphony Channel 76 to Prime Country. Uh, uh, what is it? Channel 58, I want to say 57 or 58. Can't remember now. Um, but I've been bouncing back and forth from listening to orchestra music to good old fashioned 80s and 90s style country music just to kind of, you know, get away from all the noise. And actually, there's been times because, as you all know, I'm a truck driver. So I spent 12 hours a day behind the wheel. And then there's sometimes where I'll turn off the radio for about two hours straight silent. And man, is it nice just to sit in silence. So just me the you know the the wind through the window because i'll usually have the you know windows down and the roar of that big old diesel underneath the hood and so it's uh it's very relaxing believe it or not i love trucking i grew up around trucks so there's something about trucks that really calm me down my dad was a truck driver grandfather is a truck driver i have an uncle out in colorado he's an over the road truck driver so you could say it's in the family and so i've always grew up around trucks and so for me the truck is my happy place and uh yeah, that's just kind of where, where, where we're at. Um, one other quick thing, I do want to say this. Maybe I'll cover this in a different show, but I received an email from someone. Um, someone, uh, I can't remember if they're in the assembly. Hold on, I'm just trying to pull up the email. I think they are in assembly, and now that I, now that I recall properly, they sent me a really nice email. I just want to read this real quick in the air. It says, hi, Jason. I uh, just wanted to say hello again and let you know that my county, as well as my state assembly, are really enjoying your podcast. We are sharing and promoting your educational podcast, and I'm going to add your website link to the educational assembly presentation that I do on Wednesday evenings. Well, thank you for that. That's a real big honor. Thank you. It continues to say, you offer much needed education to prospective new assembly members, as well as those already in our assemblies. And perhaps we can set up an interview using the free conference call platform to learn more about you, your family, your podcast, and what's ahead. I would really enjoy that and have assembly friends in multiple states that would really enjoy it too. I look forward to hearing back from you, um, Charlene in California. And so I really feel humbled and appreciative of that. And I haven't responded yet for a reason. And the reason I haven't yet, Charlene, if you're listening to this, um, is 
so, and I've been struggling with this because again, I really am, I feel very flattered that, um, you all want to get to know me more. And I would love nothing more than to actually share more about myself. The reason I've been struggling about that is because I never really wanted this podcast to be about me. Um, I felt like if God was pushing me to share a specific story of something that occurred in my past, that might be beneficial uh, with a, you know, maybe with somebody that might be struggling in their life, like, a, you know, just a learning experience of somebody else's experience, right? And hearing the story. Um, then I would feel, you know, if I felt called by God to do that, then I would share that. Um, I never, ever intended to want to ever make this podcast about me. Um, that's why I was a DJ for eight and a half years. I'll be honest with you. I enjoyed the attention. I was an attention getter and wanter. And, uh, I've, I've, I've had to destroy the old Jason because now that's not the, that's not me anymore. I don't really want the attention. I just want freedom for my nation and I want God to be glorified. So I've always vowed that since I started this podcast, this would be strictly about God and Christ. And then as I started learning more about the assembly, then, you know, secondarily, it would be about educating people about the assemblies because we need more people in numbers in the assembly. So anyway, to really make a long story short, I'm still chewing on that idea. What I might do is maybe do like a special podcast session on like a, say like a Tuesday evening, maybe for about 45 minutes to an hour. So like a night where I typically do like a his hardline discussion where you all can maybe come on here to maybe do questions. Maybe what I might even do is open it up for a call in. So like how I have Donna call in on Fridays and we do our, you know, Brandenburg block hour. Maybe that's what I would probably do is, you know, pick on different people to, um, ask a question verbally on the app, um, even, um, but yeah, I, uh, boy, I struggle with that one, but, uh, <laughs> because I'll be honest with you here. And if I'm going to be very, very transparent, you know, as I started learning about the assembly, I'm, you know, I've only been in the assembly now since uh, October of 2021, October 17th to be exact. And ever since then, it's been a very long journey with learning. And all I do is I just go on the national and the state assembly websites, specifically Michigan and Alaska. And I just look up the documents. I look up the letters and declarations and things that were sent to the joint chiefs of staff and the military. And, um, I've, you know, I just, I look at every single document and PDF that I can find and I read it. And then I find a way to just regurgitate it in such a way to where, it's easy for you guys to take in because I know not everybody's a researcher or a reader because sometimes reading can just suck when you're looking at a computer screen. And so that's why I kind of do what I do. It's not that I'm smarter or that I'm more knowledgeable. I'm learning probably about the same rate as you guys are too, you know, that you guys are. Um, I'm still going to figure it out. We're going to figure something out. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool to do. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I really want to keep a fine line between keeping the show more related and centered around God and less about me. But like I said, I'm not closing out the idea altogether. I just wanted to address it. I don't want you thinking, Charlene, that I was ignoring your email. Just FYI. Um, give me a little bit of time to kind of figure out how I'd want to go about that. Um, so, yeah, 
that's kind of where I'm at though. But uh, until then or the next time, remember, you know, here at His Hard Line, we are firm and we are steadfast and we are uncompromising. And, you know, the reason we have His Hard Line here is to hold that line for Christ because that enemy has crossed that line for the last time and we're not going to allow him to cross over anymore. Enough is enough. And uh, we just, we can't have this happen anymore. That's why, that's another reason why I started this podcast because I'm so sick and tired of, I'm just so sick and tired of the enemy always trying to trick us, you know? And so it's up to us to not only fight on behalf of Christ, but we also need to rely on God with his, you know, for protection of divine providence and, and um, just hold firm in holding that line. And like I said, as it always states in Joshua 1, 9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so I say all that to say this, proceed forward and never waver because this is our land and this is your country and this is your life. We need to own it. We need to protect it. So have a blessed day or night wherever you're at in the world. And we will see you back here a little later. Have a good day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hishardline.com, for all the latest updates.